title of our lesson tonight in this subject of go is, it's really simple how this thing works. It's two words, and it's say so. Say so. That's the lesson title tonight. How many of you remember what we talked about last Wednesday? What was the theme of last Wednesday's lesson? Matthew? If you only had 12 hours to live. Very good, very good. And you know what's interesting about that title is that uh, I, I won't go into it, I won't, I won't go into detail, but we did have a family in our church, not them, but someone that they know and someone they live close to almost died. Think about it. We had that lesson on Wednesday night, and uh, we had someone that uh, connected to someone here in our, in our church at Anchor Baptist that within 48 hours was almost dead. See, life is so fragile. What if you only had 20, 12 hours? What if you only had 24, 36, 48, whatever? Let's not, let's not set aside what we heard last week and just leave it. You know, it, we have way too much information, okay? We don't need any more information, any transformation. When we hear something, it's not just to log, log it into our head and we have lots more information, even about how to tell somebody about Christ. You know, lots more information. What are we doing with it? Are we saying so? Um, and that's what we want to learn tonight. Psalm 107 is going to help us with that. We'll look at it in just a moment. Witnessing is not just presenting facts about God. Now, this whole theme, five weeks, we're on week number two, it's about witnessing. It's about going with the gospel. I'm glad we have something to go with. And I'm glad we have someone going with us with the gospel, aren't you? Matthew 28, Jesus said, and lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. So we're not going with the gospel by ourselves. But it's not just presenting facts about God. Part of talking about uh, witnessing is praising God to other people. It's talking about God's goodness to us. This is why we said, tell somebody something God has done for you. That's a big part, really, of witnessing. You can't argue with a changed life. You can't argue with a testimony. We'll probably say it again later on that some people will disagree. Well, that preacher, he just said all this, and that preacher just did all this. But if you talk about what God has done for you and God has done through you and in you, you know, there's really no argument for that because that's your story. Now, it's a story that God gave you. It's a story that God gave me. And so if you've experienced the grace of God in your life, God's riches at Christ's expense, grace is getting what I do not deserve. Going to heaven, you deserve it. Do I deserve it? No, we don't deserve it. So if you're going to heaven tonight, if you're on your way to heaven, if you know you're on your way to heaven tonight, it's only by grace. Now, maybe you're here tonight, and maybe you're with us online, and you say, Pastor Ben, I don't even know if I'm going to heaven tonight or not. About a 50-50 shot. Well, you know what? That's not something I'd want a 50-50 shot on. Because what if the 50 is wrong that you're thinking? Then it's over. You know, if you stop breathing tonight and your heart starts pumping and that's it, you're gone, you aren't going to be able to decide again, not getting a do-over. 
And so if you're here and that's your testimony, in other words, your testimony is, I don't know if I'm on my way to heaven or not. I sure hope I am. Don't leave this building tonight. This meeting is over. Come to myself. Come to Pastor Nathan. If you're a man, come to one of our ladies. Come to Brother Kevin. Talk to somebody. Don't walk out these doors and, and not know the Lord Jesus Christ as Savior. If you're joining us online, you can find you can reach us through anchoredinjesus.com. The point is, we don't have a testimony until we have a Savior. We don't have anything, to, we don't have any message to give until we have a messenger living in us. And so it's not a religious thing, it's not a baptism thing, it's not going to church. It takes us to heaven. All of these things are good. But so if we've, if we've experienced the grace of God, we will make much of Jesus. We will make much of Jesus. Matthew chapter 12 and verse 34, the Bible says, out of the abundance of the heart, what speaks? The mouth. So guess what? If your heart is full of Jesus, what are you going to talk about? Who are you going to talk about? Jesus. If my heart is full of the love of God, what am I going to talk about? I'm going to talk about the love of God. If my heart is full of, man, I can't believe God answered this prayer. I can't believe God saved me from my, my life and what I, how I used to live. I mean, I, that's all I, I got to talk about it. Because if you knew me before I got saved, that's part of writing out your testimony. We'll do that later on. What are our three aims? We have three aims tonight. Number one, to develop a heart of gratitude for God's goodness and mercy. I, I'll, I'll tell you this right now. If we will do that, if we will be more grateful for God's goodness and God's mercy, I'm not saying we're not. I'm saying if, we're, if we would be more grateful for God's goodness and mercy, then we will say so. I think a lack, a lack of appreciation is what keeps us many times from saying so. And so if we do, then it will, it will translate to that. Number, number two, our lesson aim number two is to identify the three parts of a complete Christian testimony. What are those three parts? And number two, number three, lesson aim is to begin to speak from the heart about what Christ has done in our lives. And you've heard us say a little bit about this before, but this, this is what brings about faith, right? Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So when we, when we witness, we want to witness with the scriptures. This is what brings conviction this is what brings faith. This is what brings about salvation. It is the number one tool that we have in our witnessing. Our number two tool that we have in our toolbox is our testimony. That's the number two tool. Boy, don't, say, don't try to say that five times really fast. The number two tool. I can't even say it two times really fast. And our testimony in our tool bag, see, is our testimony. That's important. Can you put into words... Your testimony. Say, I got saved when I was six years old. Not a whole lot happening prior to six, Pastor. It's still your testimony. Some of you in here tonight, you got saved at 33 years old, 34 years old, 27, 42. There's a lot that happened before you got saved. And we'll get into that in a minute. I'm not saying we're emphasizing our sin, but we'll talk about it, okay? Again, people will often argue with what a preacher says, but it's hard to argue with a changed life. In Acts chapter 4, we're not going to turn there for time, but maybe you want to jot the reference down. In Acts chapter 4, we covered it many, many moons ago. Peter and John were teaching, and the religious leaders were really mad. 
They were really mad at what they were talking about. But you know what they couldn't, you know what they couldn't deal with was what it says in verse 14, and beholding the man which was healed standing with them, they could say nothing against it. This man is healed. They knew what he was like before that. They had nothing they could say about it. As much as they hated the messengers, Peter and John, here's the the proof's in the pudding, as we used to say, the proof's in the pudding. The same thing, you have a testimony. I have a testimony. Again, it's not as powerful as the Word of God, but it's right there with it, and it's helpful. A transformed life is the most effective witness. Now, let's get into our, let's get into our, there's a lot of other things there, but let's get into our text. Psalm 107. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. Verse 2. Let the redeemed of the Lord, and what's the next two words? Say so. Are you redeemed tonight? Yes or no? Okay, so if you're redeemed, then you're supposed to say something. That's what this, that's what it says. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Again, if you're not redeemed, if you're not on your way to heaven, we definitely want to show you what the Bible says so you can be redeemed, so you can say so. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he hath redeemed from the hand of the who? The enemy. Why did we need to be redeemed? Because we were in the enemy's hands. Why did we need to be redeemed? Because we're a child of the devil. That's what the Bible says. So I needed to be redeemed because when I was born, I was born in sin. So I'm a sinner by nature and I'm a sinner by choice. So are you. So is everyone that's been born of a woman except one, right? The Lord Jesus Christ. Born of woman, not of man, born of woman, born of God. Never sinned. So let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Now this is a testimony psalm. Psalm 107 is a testimony psalm. It is a song of the deliverance of Israel. And it's also something that we can take and we can apply it to our lives as we think of witnessing. Because haven't we been delivered? If you're saved, you were delivered. Remember, we just read that, verse 2. So just as Israel was delivered from bondage, we who are saved, we've been delivered from bondage too. We have been set free. We have been redeemed. We've been redeemed. Okay, so within Psalm 107, you will find the stages of Israel's history. We're not going to read the whole psalm tonight. Okay, but you can, and I would encourage you to do that. And there are repeated mercies in every circumstance. I want you to think about this. We have a group tonight here, and we have a group maybe that's joining us online. Everyone has a testimony, and it's, they're all different, but they're all similar as well. How are they similar? We come, to, we come to God the same way. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me, Jesus said. It doesn't matter if we were saved at 6 or saved at 16 or 26 or uh, 66. We come, to, we come to God the same way. We come through Jesus Christ. You see, your story and my story, they are the same in that we all are under not only the grace of God, but we're also under the mercy of God. What is the mercy of God? The mercy of God is not getting what I deserve. Not getting what I deserve. While I don't deserve heaven, I know we all deserve hell. 
by the mercy of God, we don't receive that. Sinners deserve eternal punishment, and yet by the grace of God, we can go to heaven, and by the mercy of God, we don't have to go to hell. Praise the Lord for that. So in our outline tonight, we're going to look at the three parts of a complete Christian testimony. The three parts of a complete Christian testimony, and we're going to be going right through Psalm 107, partly through it, okay? The first part of the testimony is our life before Christ, before Christ. The second part of our testimony is how we came to know Christ. And the third part of our testimony is, now that we know Christ, what's life like? And you know what? I think that's the one that's neglected the most of the three. That's really our emphasis in witnessing. You know, when I was 12 years old, our youth pastor took us through the Romans Road Soul Winning Plan. Romans Road Soul Winning Plan. And, and, and I mean, and I, I'm thankful for that. He's pastoring. Uh, he's still pastoring tonight. He's a pastor now. He's been pastoring for many years, pastoring in Oklahoma. And uh, boy, I tell you what, he really taught us Romans, Romans Road, you know, and then the four points, you know, how to know you're on your way to heaven. Here's four points. Boom, boom, boom. I praise God for these four points, five points, however many points there are. But I think sometimes what we neglect is to speak about what God has done for us in our life. You see, that's a powerful, that's a powerful uh, uh, testimony of what God has done now that we are saved. And so we'll get to that in a moment. Number one, number one, the Christian witness should say that they once were lost. That we once were lost. That's what Israel was pictured here. That's the condition of Israel here before her deliverance provides a vivid picture of life apart from God. We see that in verse number 2. Whom he hath redeemed from the hand of the enemy. The word redeemed there means to buy back. We, kinda, we covered that, I believe, in recent days. Let's go to 1 Peter chapter number 1. 1 Peter chapter number 1. So the first part is that we should know how to talk about our testimony when we were lost. 1 Peter chapter 1. And verse 119. But with the precious blood of Christ, as a lamb without blemish and without spot, we, that's how we were redeemed. We see that in verse number 18. Verse number 18. So we were redeemed by the Lord. We were bought back. Notice what else is talked about before we were saved. Look at verse 3. And gathered them of our text, Psalm 107. And gathered them out of the lands from the east and from the west and from the north and from the south. Notice verse 4. They wandered in the wilderness in a solitary way. They wandered in the wilderness looking for something to fill the emptiness. The word solitary means being alone. Being alone. Without God, we're very much alone in this world. It's why people today are having such a difficult time. It's why in every generation people have had such a difficult time when trials come because they're all alone. But as a Christian, 
doesn't mean we don't feel it, but we also know that we have the Holy Spirit of God in us. And the songwriter said, no, never alone. He promised never to leave me, never to leave me alone. But we're talking about before we got saved. We were lost. Uh, we were wandering about in the wilderness in a solitary way. King Solomon talked about life in Ecclesiastes chapter 1, verse 14. King Solomon talked about life, and he said that it was a vexation of spirit. All is vanity before we got saved. Notice verse 5 as well. It says that they were hungry and thirsty. Their soul fainted in them. Before we got saved, we were uh, thirsty in our soul. And by the way, only Christ can satisfy. Fortunately, we have a major problem in the Vancouver area, as in many major cities, with, with addiction. Addictions that we can see and then addictions that we can't see. Some addictions are sitting in front of a computer screen, clicking on this and clicking on that. Those are addictions, and you know what they are. They're trying to fill something that it's not going to be filled by that addiction. Some of it is putting stuff into our arms. Some of it is smoking a certain thing or drinking a certain thing. These are all addictions. None of these things fill a void. Jesus can fill that void. Jesus can satisfy. And in some cases, we have testimonies. I don't know about in this room, but we have testimonies of this was the way I lived my life before I got saved. I was wandering about. I was destitute. I was in a barren land, uh, and it was all vanity. It was, I, was, I was alone, and yet when I met the Master. When I met Jesus. He changed my life. So that's part of our testimony. If you've been saved for a long time, we don't want to talk down to someone. We want to say, hey, I, I was lost. Now I'm found. I was blind. Now I see. Never forget where you were. Never forget where you were and where you could be without God. You ever, you ever somebody say this? By the grace of God, there go I. If it wasn't for the grace of God, I would be there. We were in Vernon this week for a wedding, last week for a wedding, just really gone for barely 24 hours. So 10 of the hours were in the car, but Emma and I went to find some, some food on Saturday morning. The hotel that we were in didn't have a breakfast, so we had to go find some food. You know, we were hungry. We found the, the golden place to have food. It's so golden. There's a big M. It's a big golden M. You know, have you ever been to that place? It's an amazing place. And uh, why? Because we had coupons for that. So that's where you go. You go where you have coupons. And uh, the nutritional value, well, anyway, coupons, you know, save some money. And so while we were there, we noticed over here, on, over here, I noticed over here, there was a guy that had set up a, a grocery cart, and he literally had made himself a tent over that grocery cart. I could see like a sleeping bag coming out of it. It looked like the form of a, of a body. Uh, I was hoping that was still moving and so forth. And so we had one blessing bag in my wife's car. Remember the blessing bags? It made, we, it, made it to Vernon. And uh, so Emma stayed in the car, and I said, I'm going to go over there. And I went over there, and I could hear somebody, so I knew that was a good thing. I didn't want to wake somebody up. And anyway, there was a gentleman in there, and rough, rough, rough life. Drug paraphernalia was in there. I was able to give him that blessing bag and tell him, you know, there's something very important in there that you need to read. And, uh, boy, I tell you, that was sad. Very sad. 
And but, but by the grace of God, that could be me in there. I'm as wicked a sinner in and of myself. That, that young man possibly has a mother somewhere wondering where he's at. That young man possibly has a father. I'm not saying possibly that they don't have one, but they may not be alive. But you know what I'm saying. He has maybe some family. He just broke my heart. But uh, that's not the only kind of sin that breaks, should break our heart. There's people all over Vancouver that need the gospel. Never forget where you were and where you could be without God. A Christian witness should say that they once were lost. Now, they don't need my entire life story. They don't need your entire life story. Stay on the subject, right? But if you've got something within your testimony, especially if God brings somebody across your path and you strike up a conversation and there's a commonality within your life and their life, you know what? God does that, by the way. I, my testimony is not very glaring and whatever. You may have a glaring testimony or glowing testimony, excuse me. Uh, mine's pretty simple. I'm not discounting that one either, but I, I have some things that I like to do, and it's been amazing how God has brought people across my path that like basketball. And we can, we can start with that. We can go from there to the gospel. We want to always get to the Lord. We want to always get to the things of God. So, number one, the Christian witness should say that they were once lost. Number two. Look at verse 6 of our text. Then, okay, they're hungry, they're thirsty, they're wandering from here to there to here to there. And notice that word then. It's about to change. Something's about to happen. It's going to bring them from the wandering and the destitute and the solitary they finally reached the bottom. Have you ever had somebody say or heard somebody say, well, if they reach the bottom, then maybe they'll come to the Lord. That's what the nation of Israel finally reached, the bottom. Because look at what it says in verse 6. Then they cried unto the Lord in their trouble. Then they cried unto the Lord in their trouble. You know, when I, was, when I was in my teen years, I was so rebellious. And, and I'm not saying that's my testimony. I'm saying that's maybe one of our testimonies. And you're talking about your testimony. And God was gracious to me. And God was so merciful to me that, you know what, I went to a youth conference or I went to a, I went to a teen camp. And the preacher talked about the, the goodness of God. And the preacher talked about how we could be saved. And the preacher talked about how Jesus Christ loved me. And you know what, it, it broke my heart. I cried out to the Lord that night. And you know what he did? You know, it says right here that the nation of Israel, they cried unto the Lord, and guess what it said? And he delivered them. You know what? If we cry out to the Lord, he'll deliver us every time. If we come in humility to the Lord, he'll deliver us every time. The Bible says that they, he delivered them out of all uh, their trouble. They cried unto the Lord, excuse me, in their trouble. He delivered them from out of their distresses. You see, all people are saved the same way. We talked about it earlier. Number one, for someone to be saved, they must recognize they are a sinner. There's no way somebody can be saved if they don't think they need it. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. The Bible says in Romans 3.10, As it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. 
The Bible says in Romans 5.12, Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. This is the entrance to getting to the Savior, is recognizing that I need a Savior. You know, I've had people tell me, well, I'm okay. I'm okay. You know what? There's nobody that's okay. Without Christ, nobody's okay. That's a big thing. I'm okay. What does I'm okay mean? I don't know. Sometimes I think it means that I'm not that bad of a sinner. Sometimes it might mean, well, I don't believe this stuff anyway. Sometimes it might mean, well, I got baptized. Sometimes it might mean I got christened when I was a baby. I don't know what okay means, but sometimes that's what people say. I'm okay. Yeah, without Jesus, it's a KO. It's not an okay. It's a KO. You need Jesus. Because when you die without him, it's not going to be okay. So they recognize their condition apart from God. And, and again, we need to not underemphasize that, but we need to overemphasize that. Then we recognize that uh, Jesus Christ is the only way. Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. This is, not, this is just a simplified part of, your, uh, of, of, of point number two. Romans 10, verses 8 to 13. Romans 10, verses 8 to 13. They call upon the Lord in faith. This is part of our, how we came to know Christ as Savior. And thirdly, they are delivered by God alone. Notice the words out of, out of in verse number six. He delivered them out of their distresses. Out of. The Lord Jesus Christ saved us from so much. What did he save us from? He saved us from several things. Number one, he saved us from sin. From sin. Number two, he saved us from ourselves. Because if it was up to us, it would be be self-destruction. If we just lived in in our own selves, we would never come to Christ because of pride. He saved us from the devil who had us in his grip. He saved us from eternal hell. Eternal judgment in hell. Jonah 2 verse 9 says, Salvation is of the Lord. It's of the Lord. You know, something I was reading in these notes that really helped me and challenged me was this statement. Speak more about Christ than about yourself. We always want to talk about Christ. Yes, we are sharing a little bit about our testimony, but we're quickly bringing it back to him. In other words, the testimony is our story about Christ. The difference that Christ made in our life. Where he took us from, where we are now. We'll get to that in a minute. We always want to give the gospel plainly. What is the gospel? There's three parts to the gospel. Remember this. I think most of you know this. Good reminder, isn't it? The death, the burial, and the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. We want to speak of that. And then we want to let people know that this is how I, came, this is how I got saved. This is, that's a term maybe that many people don't understand even today. Uh, what does saved mean? Yes, it's a biblical term, but in case you don't know, and I think you probably do know, we have a very biblical, illiterate world that we live in. And that's, I'm not being unkind, I'm just saying, again, uh, someone once said that there's five Gospels. 
Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and yours. And most people will never read the first four until they read yours. That's a, that's a good thought. I, that's not original with me, but I, I just thought, you know what? That's true. In other words, the Gospel of Barry might be read before the Gospel of John. The Gospel of Kevin might be read before the Gospel of Mark. And on and on we could go. So our, our testimony, our gospel, it's not saying we, we're going to write part of the Bible, but you know what I'm saying. Our testimony is being read all the time. Explain to that person how you call in the name of the Lord. Okay, number three. Got to move. Some plans here in just a minute. Number three, the Christian witness should say that they now have new life. They now have new life. In other words, getting saved is not the end. Think about it. Think about it. Okay, I'm saved. I'm on my way to heaven now. I can just relax. Have a great life. Well, you can have a great life, and you can relax in Jesus, but that's just the beginning. I mean, think about it. Jesus didn't, when I, the moment you got saved, I can tell you one thing that did not happen. The moment you got saved, here's one thing that didn't happen. You did not immediately go to heaven because you're here right now. So we don't wait to get to heaven to enjoy being saved. How many of you know that we need to enjoy being saved a little bit more right now? We need to enjoy being a Christian in 2022 and not wait till we're in heaven. I mean, we have eternal life right now. It is a present possession right now. But I think a lot of the reason why the lost world really wants nothing to do with many Christians, and I'm not saying anybody, maybe about you or me tonight, but we all need to work on it, is that our testimony doesn't speak very much about the difference that Jesus has made in our life. Oh, you believe in Jesus, you believe in the Bible, but it's not changed any way you're living. And you frown half the time I see you at work and, you know, blah, blah, blah. I mean, yeah, we all go through difficult times. It doesn't mean we, we walk around with a, with a smile on our face 24-7. But, hey, we're a children of the king. And this, this happened since we got saved. That's part of our testimony is to make sure that people know we have a new life. Here, here's another powerful statement in the notes. I pray that you'll, God will write it on my heart. Christ not only saves us from something, but he saves us for something. He not only saves us from hell, but He saves us for His glory. He not only saves us from the hand of the devil, He saves us so we can have the joy of the Lord. He not only saves us uh, from uh, uh, a wicked life, he, he saves us to have new life. Think about it. And, I, and it's not about advertising, but we're a billboard. Some billboards are bigger than others. Amen. That's a joke. But anyway, anyway. Uh, we're, we're a billboard for Christ. This mug right here, it's ugly. I know. Don't shake your head. Yes, Brother Jonathan. (laughs) I don't have a very nice mug, but you know what? I want to smile. I want to have the joy of the Lord. Christ means more to me than just going to heaven. How about you? You know what? When 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 we go through difficult times, Jesus is there. When we get the diagnosis of cancer, Jesus is there. How does an unsaved person deal with it? Different ways. I'm not saying they don't, they, don't, they don't deal with it, but there's nothing like dealing with something like that. You know, when we're going through a, something that only maybe the pastor knows about or only a few people know about, it's a silent prayer request. How do we deal with that? Because Jesus is with us. That's how we deal with it. 
Every day with Jesus is sweeter than the day before. You see, he's not just saved me from something, he saved me for something. Oh, I think if we got a hold of that, we'd get a hold of something so valuable. Look at verse 7. Verse 7, and he led them forth by the right way. Oh, how about that? Now that we're saved, God leads us in a new way. Now that we're a Christian, the Lord Jesus Christ leads our path in the right way. By the way, this doesn't mean I always do what is right, because sometimes I don't follow him. We don't believe in uh, sinless perfection. We don't believe that from the Bible. 1 John 1, 9 says, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins. That's written to Christians. But Jesus is faithful to always lead us in the right way. Like that song, follow, follow, I will follow Jesus. Anywhere, everywhere, I will follow on. When we got saved, we got a new way. We got a new path. We got a new direction. And guess who's leading us? The Lord Jesus Christ. In, by the Holy Spirit of God, we're being led. It's a new way. Notice, if you will, in the second part of verse 7, it says, and he led them forth by the right way that they might go to a, notice, city of habitation. Christ now has a city of habitation for me and for you. What is our city of habitation? Our city of habitation is heaven. And a place in heaven is being prepared for you as Christians. John chapter 14, I go to prepare a place for you. A city of habitation. But then notice number nine, or verse nine. For he satisfieth, he satisfieth the longing soul and filleth the hungry soul with goodness. Christ now brings peace and purpose to my life. In other words, my salvation is not just future tense. It's right now. It's present. Why is my salvation present? Because God is always present. Not only as in our, in our present, but he's above time. Turn over to Hebrews 6. That doesn't mean we paint a picture that says, you know, all of my life is health, wealth, and prosperity. We don't believe in that either. That's not in the Bible. Paul dealt with so many difficulties, and God didn't heal him. Stephen was martyred. I mean, explain that one to Stephen. Okay, so we're not giving the idea that we're without trouble, no. But we know that God gives us many blessings in this new life. There's many things. Look at the author of Hebrews says in chapter 6, verse 9. But beloved, we are persuaded better things of you. Notice. And things that, what's the next two words? Accompany salvation. Though we thus speak. We speak of those things that accompany salvation. We speak with sincerity and a joyful spirit. Verse 8, verse 8, oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. A testimony, a testimony. So what is the application? 
We had the application last week. What is the application this week? You have it there at the bottom. Lesson two, application. Number one, write out the three parts of your personal testimony. If you have a pen, we're going to take a little bit of time to get started on this tonight in church, okay? A lot of times if we just say, you know, do it later, you know, you're, you're going to fall back into that mode of when you, how you used to do your homework at home. You, maybe you didn't do your homework, but, okay? Some homework, okay? Maybe you did your homework. But notice on the back, if you have a pen, I want you to begin writing it out right now. My life before I knew Christ, how I came to know Christ, what Christ means to me now that we're saved. Okay, we're going to work on that in just a minute. Then, number two, practice giving your testimony to a family member or close friend. And you're going to speak to them as if they were lost. You know, they might be saved, but you're going to speak to them as if they were lost. And then number three, this is a big challenge. We need to pray for God to give us courage. Between now and next Wednesday, you may not be able to give your whole testimony. But between now and next Wednesday, the challenge is that we would give our testimony to at least one unsaved person. Between now and next Wednesday. It might be somebody you know. It might be somebody you know, and you don't, you know what? You don't have to go like this. And again, don't, please don't get me wrong. This is the power of God. It, but you don't have to get the biggest Bible and put it under your arm and walk up to somebody and say, I'd like to talk to you. Maybe that would not be a good way to do it, okay? Again, I'm not saying, you know, you don't, you know it doesn't have to be your, you know, it, you know, hiding it. I'm not saying we, we're not going against, okay, I think you know what I'm saying. I'm stuttering here a little bit. Especially if it's somebody you know. Hey, have I ever told you about uh, a change in my life that happened about 30 years ago? No, what are you talking about? You know, I've known you for 30, 40 years. You know, what, what do you mean? Change, something changed. Yeah, something changed in my life about 30 years ago. And then you go into it. Now, if you're not 30 years old, don't say that, okay? <laughs> See... You know, it was said to me earlier today, and it was said in a proper manner, but going through these lessons, there's five of them. We go through these lessons, and nothing changes at the end of the lessons about our going. I think we're going to really miss out on the whole purpose of this. Again, I learned, I learned how to share the gospel, and I'm nobody, and I, I, I'm looking forward to praying and seeing how God's going to... We don't get a lot of unsaved people in the office here. We're going to have to order a lot of stuff on Amazon over the next seven days, because some of the Amazon guys, you know, they might, need to be, they might need to hear my testimony. I'm serious. Not about ordering a bunch of things. Taking advantage of any opportunity. And, and yes, we try to give people gospel tracts, but maybe taking it a step further. Maybe going over to your neighbor. And maybe you have a really good relationship with your neighbor, and you could go over to your neighbor sometime in the next seven days and just pray that God would give you the courage, the boldness, and the inroad to know what to say to get into the gospel. And again, it doesn't mean that you have to give them the whole barrel the first time you talk to them. Be led by the Spirit. 
Remember, this is not a one, two, three, four, five, six. Okay, now, are you ready to get saved? You know what? That's, that's fine to go through the plan of salvation. But it might be the first time you're just going to plant some seeds. You're just sharing from your heart what, it, what you were like before you became a Christian. That's point one. But I think it's good. I think it's good to write it out. Your story. So number one, my life before I knew Christ. Maybe it involved where, where, you, where you were born. You want to go that far back? You know, I was born in a hospital because I wanted to be next to my mother. You know, that kind of thing. Or maybe you were born at home because you wanted to be next to your mother. Were you born at home? Brother John? Okay, yeah. I'm just saying, God, God has brought you to, uh, to April 6th, 2022. He's brought you here tonight. You have the most unique story of anybody else. But there's a lot of things in your story and mine that are common. Common. What is the com- commonality? Right here. Without this, we don't know about Jesus. How I came to know the Lord Jesus Christ. What Christ means to me now. So if you haven't started writing, start writing. Get part of, get one of them done. Before we leave, your life before you knew Christ, write it in there. What was it like? If you're, if you're at home and you're, an anchor, you're from Anchor Baptist Church, you need to get a copy of this testimony sheet. We all need to fill this out. Let's all pray together that God would give us the boldness and the opportunity to speak of Christ. As the psalmist said, let the redeemed of the Lord say so.